Hello world and happy new year. This is John. I am currently recording this intro in one of the bedrooms at my parents' place in New Orleans a few hours before this episode drops. We are starting off 2020 with a brand new two-part episode reflecting back on the decade that was the 2010s or 20-teens, whichever it is. Anywho, I have on an assortment of returning guests to answer three questions that hopefully capture how much we've grown, what we've loved most about this past decade, and what we're looking forward to in the coming years. I want to thank all my guests and listeners up front, and stay tuned for part two that will be coming out Friday the 3rd. Also, I do my best to let my guests answer the questions during our discussion, but I will provide brief responses at the end of part one as well as part two. Without anything further to do, let's get the episode started. Here comes part one. Thanks for listening. All right, guys, I am joined by my only sibling that I know of, still waiting on that Lost Flores sibling to show up, and I think he is too. I'm joined by Kevin Flores. How are you doing tonight? Hey now. I joke. I'm all right. I joke about that, but I I honestly mean it. Like, if we had like a half sibling out there, and like a few more years down the line, they were like, "I'm your half sibling on your dad's side." I'd be like, "Yeah, that makes sense." Yeah, I figure I probably would find that out through uh, the ancestry <laughs> thing online. You know, do they check for that? Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, yeah. You can match up with people. Like, if it was your brother or sibling, you would be matched up like a 98% match or something. And you'd be like, wait, that's not, I don't know that person. (laughs) (laughs) Well, maybe they, maybe they haven't done it themselves yet. Um, And if they're Spanish, then, you know, it kind of just makes sense. Anyway, so I have you on to answer a few questions about, you know, looking back at this past decade. It's been a pretty eventful decade for you, needless to say. Okay, let's yep. uh, let's get started with the first question. Reflecting back, what is what has this decade meant for you personally? Personally, I think I'd have to like really look at the the second half of the decade yeah. and getting married in 2016, yeah, having a kid in 2018. I feel like those would overshadow um, anything that a- ever happened. Everything that seems, everything that happened prior to those events seems kind of uh, minuscule, you know what I mean? Yeah, I, I would imagine that's a huge perspective shift. Like, I don't even know what I don't even know what happened before then. <laughs> well, I'm glad I have you here, because let's run through it real quick. No, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> I mean, we lived together for most of the early part of the decade. Like, yeah, so we probably lived together for five what? years, right, of the decade? No, we lived 20, yeah, 2010, 2011, 12, 13, and I think I moved out in 14? Somewhere around there, right? Like, yeah, because you were living in on Millerville, off of Millerville, and uh, anyway, but yeah, man, it it's funny how that perspective changes. I was talking to Justin earlier about how thinking about like I started the decade in school, like I started in in, in college, yeah. 2010, 2011, and I graduated 2012. About you know seven years almost to the day, and I was talking about. When I was on, when I was in Louisiana visiting y'all for Thanksgiving, I walked around campus. I took an afternoon to walk around campus and I had a hard time connecting to that kid. Like, and he definitely was a kid. I mean, hell, I'm still a, a man child now, but like, I, like, I was, I was having a hard time connecting to that kid. Like, I was around familiar settings, but I also was like, man, the priorities, like, yours definitely shifted way more fundamentally yeah. than mine, but my priorities just like getting to semester to semester, you know, 
just having a little bit of money to my name, you know, just trying to get to work on time, you know, not drive myself crazy with stress. <laughs> like I was still juggling my health, especially yeah, I had yeah. I had a surgery uh Christmas 2010 and then I had a surgery uh summer 2015, so I was still getting my health under control and it's just amazing how priorities change, man, you know? Yeah, I didn't re- I didn't have any like life altering thing except for getting married and having a child yeah but and i don't even re- like i don't even remember 2011 2012 like i don't even know yeah what i was doing where i was like, i got to like really think back and go okay i graduated high school in 05 well, then what yeah. and try to piece it together because I, really i don't even know i, I mean i kind of know what happened when i started dating gab and like and up until like there from there on but like before that, I don't even remember what I, I mean, was doing. We, we lived in Tiger Plaza for a little bit. Uh, yeah, you, that was a lot of fun. I mean, you bought your first house in 2013. Yeah. It was that. I mean, you lived in you've lived in Baton Rouge for what, like the entire time? You've lived in Baton Rouge what, like fourteen years? Is fourteen that? years, yeah, about fourteen years. Yeah, man. I mean, it's that town has changed a lot even since I lived there. Like, it's it's growing and shit. But let me ask you this. Let me ask you. Uh, I've been asking some of the guests this as a way to phrase the question, different way of looking at the question. You know, you, you said you have a hard time remembering that younger version of yourself at the beginning of the decade, but you know, looking back as best you can. You know, 2019 Kevin Flores, what would you tell 2010 Kevin Flores? Like, what would you... Oh, my God. <laughs> a lot, apparently. It would be a lo- It would be an extensive conversation. I don't even know. Yeah, I wouldn't even know where to begin. <laughs> I don't even know where to begin. I, I, again, like, I don't even remember where I was in 2010. I don't even know what I was thinking or was probably going out every weekend with, the, with my friends yeah. and during the week and drinking and having fun and you were working at uh, uh when did you stop working at wingstop dude i don't know <laughs> i don't even know how do i remember more things about your life than you do <laughs> all right so i started working hold on let me think <laughs> 2013 is when we bought the house is when i started working for like where i would say i got my career right yeah, yeah, i started yeah. working like got and got a career so 2010 i probably would have been at wingstop yeah 2010 yeah, what about like school and all? What would you tell that young man about school and oh work? And... Take it seriously. Just focus up as much as you hate it and, and think it's pointless. Just you just got to do it. Yeah. Even though it's doesn't mean anything. You know, I uh, maybe you can look at it this way. I was talking to Clark about this. He said he really wouldn't tell his younger self really anything because he would say. Everything that happened led me to where I am, and I wouldn't change it for the world. Do you feel that way at all? Yeah, but I mean, there's probably some things I would change or handle differently. Probably some relationships I had in the past, I would treat people. I mean, I was, I, would, I look at myself now, and I'm, I think I'm much more self-aware, a lot less selfish. You know, trying to think of other people's feelings and not just, you know, looking after myself and me being the most important person. And Gab might disagree probably she would probably say that i'm probably still pretty selfish but just just from where i I am now to where i was in 2010 where i was the only thing that mattered and didn't give a shit about other people or other people's feelings uh, i feel like i'm much more like self-aware yeah i'm much more aware i'll i'll say two things i'm much more woke (laughs) and and not and not and i don't mean that in like a you know like pc you know i just mean like i'm much more aware of like what's going on in the world and what's important 
you know, what's important. And yeah. I feel like I'm much smarter. Yeah. And much, yeah, just more like, it's not just like, where are we going tonight? Uh, how much are we going to drink? And you know what I mean? Yeah. And girls and drinking and girls and having fun. And like, I'm much more like conscious of things that are going on in like our day to day world. Yeah. I'll say this. I've known you obviously my entire life and we, we hated each other for most of our childhood. Well, most of our teenage years. And so I'll say that we started living together in 2018 and then 2019. I'm sorry. We started living together in 2008. I'm getting all twisted here. Yeah. And we, you know, we, we, we moved in together summer or spring of 2009. And I'll tell you, man, like, for someone I've hated, I hated for most of my life. Like we almost got down, we almost got down into like a physical altercation when we lived together my freshman year of college. But it was really funny. It's like 2009, 2010, 2011. I really feel like we became friends. Like it was the first yeah. time we had, we became friends. And I was going to say that you talk about all these changes. I've noticed how less hostile and aggressive or, or you know, antagonistic, I think is the word is you're not as antagonistic as you once were like you weren't as you know you weren't trying to fuck with me all the time just for fun i mean we still yeah. we still give each other shit all the regular right but they yeah. were brothers but, but like i feel like now it's like i was i'm giving you shit we're busting balls yeah but i feel like before that i was just mean yeah and hurtful and i didn't realize it at the time i only came to realize it a few years ago but just like ang- how angry i was yeah but i mean uh, I don't want to make this all like serious and shit, yeah. but you know, just, I'm just much more like uh well-rounded. I think that's a good way to put it. I'm much, I, I feel like I'm not saying I am well-rounded. I am just more well-rounded than I was at the beginning of the deck. Yeah. I mean, nobody, like, I don't mean to, I'm, I, I would hope, I would hope I would be right. Yeah. I, I would agree with that. And you know, I'm not judging anyone. I'm especially not going to judge you because I know you and I love you. So like you, you've chilled out and you know nobody's what i was gonna say is nobody's perfect like i was a different person i was much more reckless in 2010 like i wasn't taking care of myself i was so short-sighted in so many things and so so much more impatient and like less understanding so even i was not i don't look at my 2010 self or 2011 self as very favorable like i was just just i was like destroying myself especially with alcohol and just eating wrong and shit so i've come a long way that way too so i think we yeah. i mean i think that that's that's natural right we're all supposed to grow like if you're the same person you were at the beginning yeah that would be bad that would be very would be or bad. i mean it'd be it'd be something if you were worse than you started out the decade as i mean that's a whole other like that, that's a whole other <laughs> issue but if you haven't changed at all you've wasted time like you've just wasted a decade right. of your life. exactly anyway exactly. now you had a little bit of trouble with this one but you know we're gonna i'm gonna walk you through it i'm gonna hold your hand through this next question same question i've asked other guests what is a favorite film, TV show, book, game, album, you know, any one of those from this past decade you'd like to discuss or celebrate? So we had a tough time with the movies, right? Yeah, because, I mean, I, you know, we watch movies. We watch a lot of movies. Yeah, I'm, and I'm, yeah. I'm going back through all these lists like the best movies of the decade. Yeah. And I'm like, what, what the fuck did I just watch the last 10 years? Did I not watch anything good? I think it's because you're tired. I think it's raising a baby is exhausting and you just like – You've, you've just like erased that from your mental capacity because it's like, I don't need it. Fuck it. Right. I mean, I get, no, I mean, 
I don't know. I guess like I'm like thinking of like uh, like Goodwill Hunting was on last night. I watched it. Like that movie. I, I love that movie. I always watch that movie. I think I'm like that's a great movie. Forrest Gump, Shawshank yeah. Redemption. Those are great movies that I'm like, oh man, I, I love watching those when they come on. And I was trying to find movies like that, and I just could, I like. I mean, I'm sure there are good movies. Yeah, there must have been. Yeah, but none that I'm like, oh, I love that movie. I love that movie. I think we mentioned the town. That was a big one. The that town we both is loved. a good movie. Yeah, 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 I do that, that. Okay, see, that is one that I'm like, I love that movie. Whenever it's on, I'm watching it. Um, I love that. I love watching that movie. Uh, another one I really like uh, when it comes on is Zero Dark Thirty. Okay, I've never actually seen that. Oh wow! I know it's pretty awesome. I know how it ends. I'm good. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's pretty good. I really like Django. Yeah, Django Unchained. That's probably, I mean, Pulp Fiction, Kill Bill are up there, but Django is one of, I think it's the last, let's see, he made Inglorious Bastards in 09, I believe, and then he made Django in 2013, or sorry, 2012, and then he made Hateful Eight, I think, is after that. I can't remember, I'm, I'm blanking right now, but I think probably Django was his last great film like legitimately great film i thought django was awesome and and this is probably going to be an unpopular opinion but like pulp fiction is like "Eh, okay i think django is way better than pulp fiction well you know you're uncultured what can you say yeah sure so um Um, the the martian is really good yeah the martians are really good just like a good fun movie to sit down and watch and yeah but really i would i think and probably most people would agree the last 10 years it's kind of shifted from movies yeah. To television. Yeah, okay, let's talk about TV and how shows. how good television is. So, I think, what, Breaking Bad... Or not even television. Yeah. Streaming. Yeah. Whatever, however you want to call it, streaming, TV, not uh, theater, you know, productions. Yeah. yeah, cinematic productions, yeah. Yeah, cinematic productions. Wow, okay. I, I didn't know this, but Breaking Bad debuted in 08, and it ended in 2013. Yeah, that was another thing I was going to ask you. Even though they, it bleeds into this decade. Yeah, it's close. Does it count? Because like the office, yeah. uh, you know. See, I didn't really consider the office. Someone else asked me about the office, but I was like, that started in 05 and wrapped up in 2013. Yeah, by the time, uh, Steve Carell left, like, I, yeah, I'm, it was, oh, I'm okay. Yeah. So and that was probably early into the decade. But, but you would say that it feels like, I think Breaking Bad and Justin mentioned Game of Thrones. Those are the two big Game shows. Game of Thrones. Yeah, those are probably, you know, it's funny. I probably didn't even start watching. I probably didn't even watch a full, like, series of television or show mm-hmm. until probably I was that old, you yeah. know? Well, The Wire was, like, the first one I ever watched all the way through, I think. Yeah. But Breaking Bad, Game of Thrones. There's some other ones I like, like Homeland. I really like Homeland. Yeah. Uh, another thing is I probably watched... I got, I really got into like documentaries yeah. much more like with, you know, through Netflix and all those kinds of things, uh, 30 for thirties, right. Those probably, I don't know when thirties for thirties started, but that was probably, yeah, we were both, we were both, uh, it started in Oh nine. It started. Oh nine. So almost, so basically yeah. right then. And it's it probably, you know, the first, volume was great and then it starts these things just start rolling and yeah. so it's like i feel like also the the increase in popularity of documentaries really boomed yeah and i would you could argue that the 30 for 30 i mean grantland was the big you know thing with that but grantland's no longer exists now bill simmons has the ringer but i would argue that 
the 30 for 30 culminated and we both watched this you're still rewatching and i rewatched it the yeah. other day was i would would you say it's fair that 30 for 30 like peaked with oj made in america yeah definitely i mean it definitely. won an oscar it won an oscar for best it won an oscar yeah i don't know i feel like maybe after the first and second volumes it was like oh wow you can tell these great stories that yeah. need to be told yeah in an hour and a half two hour long show but yeah, I mean, nothing is better than the OJ document documentary. Yeah, I would say that that was that's probably the best documentary I've ever seen. Like, and, yeah, and it's kind of not incredible. fair because it's like five. It's like what seven hours long or something like that. So yeah, it's like yeah. it's kind of not fair to compare it to like your standard doc. But I re I re we I rewatched it and I was talking. We we've, we've been talking about it on this rewatch because it came out two years ago, I think twenty seventeen, and it's it's still incredible. It's so fascinating. It's, yeah, it's so fascinating. So yeah, do you have any? Uh, do you have any music or you know any any game, any books or anything you read? Books. But I don't really read. I don't really read books. I'm not a smart man, but I know what love is. I mean, I've read some. No, no not really. Okay. Not, what about not anything I could? Yeah. Um. But but TV shows, I probably would. I, again, I'd probably say you know Breaking Bad. I don't know when The Walking Dead de- debuted, but I was really big into The Walking Dead probably for the first six seasons, I guess. Walking Dead. Debut. You know what? You know what's one, and I, this might be a, a recency bias, but I really love Fleabag. Yeah, that's an incredible show. Uh, just for the record, Walking Dead debuted October thirty first, Halloween night, um, twenty ten. So it okay, so yeah, been going on I mean, the decade. first, the first. I mean, Walking Dead was was incredible. I don't know what happened. I got up to the part where Negan gets in and I didn't really follow it after that, but like the first, I guess, four or five seasons, six seasons, that show was incredible. Yeah. Oh, and you said, you mentioned in movies when we talked, the Fast and the Furious movies. Oh. I don't know when the fifth one came out. Was that? That was 20. But, but, but five, Fast and the Furious five through whatever we're at now, eight. Yeah. They're all fantastic. So those are all good. Fast Five yeah, came I mean, out. Fast Five came out 2011. Yeah, so Fast Five through Fast Eight, incredible, just amazing. Yeah, definitely. All right, well, I think that does um, it. If you had anything well, else to add, I have one more thing to say, and this okay. might be the most important thing. When I was younger, and like the Braves, you, you probably don't even remember this, but the Braves were really good, right? Yeah, in I remember the 90s. that. Yeah, and Chipper and Jones they would never get to the yeah they would never get to the World Series and. You're a little kid, and that shit really like messes with you, and you 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 you're upset, and you know you see the Instagram videos now, like kids crying. I would get upset when the Braves would get knocked out of the playoffs. Yeah, and then you realize that shit doesn't matter. You got real life problems to deal with. Sports don't matter. But my favorite basketball player of all time retired. Oh, Kobe. That, he he dropped sixty points. Was that it? last yeah, 60 game? Sixty points on his in his last game. But the the one thing that I ate shit for the for the longest time was Tiger Woods. Oh gosh, his accident happened in two thousand nine. But he he, I think he won a couple tournaments in in between then. Sure. Because the last time he won was like twenty ten, maybe right. Tiger Woods winning the Masters last year was it? Like I I've been a big Tiger fan. He's been hurt he's been popping pills he's had a bad 10-year stretch yeah and for me as as a tiger fan and a golf fan who who only really who he's the reason why i like golf or got into golf and play golf and watch golf 
for him to eat shit for the last 10 years and then caps it off with winning the Masters this year, I didn't, I didn't cry, but it was definitely emotional for me. It also, there's a connection with me and Will and, you know, yeah. him really getting, you know, I was tight in 97. I was 10 years old. Yeah. I don't even think I knew who Tiger Woods was in 97, but him being one of my favorite athletes and him finally getting over the hump and winning the Masters and, and, and the year before that, winning the, the tournament um, at Eastlake to end the season where I'm thinking he's never going to win again. Yeah. How, and he, you know, he's the most exciting golfer of all time. He's never going to win again. Yeah. And then he wins and then he wins the fucking Masters. It was amazing. I didn't cry. But damn, I could have. If I probably would have been alone, I probably would have cried. And I, you know, like I said, there's more important shit than sports and outcomes. Yeah. But it was, it was, it was like how I felt when Kobe won the finals without Shaq. Yeah. Cause that was another one I ate a lot of shit on. Kobe, Kobe can't win anything without Shaq, right? And Kobe finally won without Shaq. I was like, fucking right. And that's how I felt when Tiger won the Masters last year. Here, this year, here, this here. year. Well, let's move on to this last question because I know you got your you just put in, you just put Claire down, so I imagine you probably are getting kind of tired yourself. All right, so yeah. I know you. She was you, up at two thirty in the morning. Last Jesus night. Christ! I know I know you're not big into resolutions like New Year's resolutions, but just humor me. Uh, are there any New Year's resolutions for you know 2020 or you know and just projecting forward? Uh, do you have anything? Any resolutions or any goals for this next coming decade? One I, I'll always try to do, but never can do, is stop biting my nails. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I I can tell you're looking at the big picture here. The big picture, I think. You know what I would like to say, or like to make a res a resolution or like a goal. Sure, is to do more things, like go to uh, concerts or something, right? Like I really like Jerry Schrucker, I really like Chris Stapleton, and you know that a lot of them don't come to New Orleans or Baton Rouge or, you know, whenever they do. Sure. We end up saying, nah, no, we don't want to spend the money on it, right? Yeah. Or let's go do this. Oh, no, we don't want to spend the money on it. It's whatever. But I'd like to make an effort to do those kinds of things. Yeah. To actually, you know, let's say it's $300. Like, what are we, we're not going to miss out on $300. You know what I mean? It's not going to, like, change anything. Yeah. So why not go out and go to a concert that or a guy that you really want to see or go to this, I don't know, vacation that you really want to do or just kind of make things happen. Um, and obviously, you know, try to have, provide the best life I can for Claire. That, that, that's probably another. Yeah, man. This one. time next, this time in 2029, she'll be what? She'll just be about to turn 11? She's 11, yeah. Jesus. That's going to be a whole different ball game, man. Yeah. But yeah, man, I think that's, that's kind of scary. I think we both <laughs> it is scary. <laughs> but I think we both had a good decade and I'm really looking forward to the next one. I'm really looking forward to a lot of things. Um But yeah, man, I think that's going to do it for us and I thank you for doing this. I know it was spur I think I asked you on Wednesday, so I'm glad we got to do it and uh, you know, um hope it wasn't too much of a uh, uh an effort, you know, to, no, to no, look no, back. No, no. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's, it was fun. It was a good decade. I think you're going to kick yourself. Like, I really think you're going to get off the phone with me and text me all weekend about, oh, I forgot to talk about this or, oh, I forgot to talk about that. So, you know, 
it is what it is. I talked about the Tiger Woods. That's all I really. That was like, oh, that happened, and that was significant to me. Yeah, and significant in the sports world too. So it was. It was awesome. All right, guys. It was awesome. That's it gonna do it for awesome. me and Kev. Thanks, man. I guess I'll just talk to you later. All right, dude. Yep. Talk to you later. All right, bye. Hey guys, we're back, and I am joined by the legend himself, the king of Baton Rouge, Anthony Cuh <laughs> Jenkins. How you doing today, Cuh? I'm doing good, J-Flo. You know, living the, you know, <laughs> the great American dream, as some people would say. Also known as the Shining Sun from Opelousas. <laughs> you have to get my full name out there, you know, king of Baton Rouge, yeah. the Shining Sun from Opelousas. First of his name. <laughs> <laughs> Rapper of beats, no. Rapper of beats. Yeah, there you go. Um, shooter of the basketball. Shooter of the basketball. Shooter of the deep. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Alright, let's get started. Okay. Alright. So, Cub, uh, reflecting back, what has this decade meant for you personally? Personally, like, we're going way, way back. I mean, for me, like, I'd be, what, 16? Yeah, 2010, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I guess it was all about growth. Opportunity and chances to learn. I mean, more so on the the end of, towards the end of the decade has been more about you know discovering who I am and exploring that outlook on life. And I mean, I'm in the mid twenties where people are just like you know starting to get in the groove and finding out who they are. Some do people do it earlier, but right now I've just been getting more opportunities to travel and you know really seeing the things that's out there. And that's that's pretty been much the, the gist of it. Just learning and. Uh, Taking everything one step at a time and yeah. just trying to put out everything that I learned. Right? Do you, uh, I mean, you said you were 16 at the beginning of this decade. Uh, do you have a hard time connecting with that younger version of yourself? Because, like, I do. I I just think about, like, I was in college. I was, like, midway through college when I, during, in 2010, and priorities change. And it's it, it's very hard for me to connect to what that kid was prioritizing, like, you know, just grades, school, work, juggling, trying to have fun, trying to have a life, but also like trying to just, you know, make it. And it's amazing how things have drastically changed. How do you feel about that, Cub? Um, Definitely. I feel like I, I can connect. I mean, even back then, my biggest thing was, and I still struggle with it to this day, but I'm the type of person that I put a lot of people before my own personal needs. So my prioritizing back then was like always messed up and I mean I I'm better at it now but I still struggle with it to be honest and uh so I mean I can still relate obviously I mean there's a lot of things I know now that I probably shouldn't have been doing I shouldn't have done back then but uh but again that's that's what it's all been about you know learning growth and maturity man yeah it's that's been the I think that's going to be the title of this two-part episode is it's going to have something to do with growth because honestly everyone I've talked to and you're the second to last person I'm talking to for this episode everyone's been about growth and everyone's been about change because as Steven pointed out we're all kind of peers like you know we're all kind of in the same age group where I think we're mostly all of us are in the same generation so it's been wild man like we've seen the rise in social media we've seen smartphones take over the world we've seen streaming services taking over the world we've seen trump take over this country it's like this has been a wild fucking decade dude <laughs> yeah we see <laughs> yeah we, we've seen a, a lot yeah you're right about that yeah uh well, yeah we're at the point where we're starting to see icons go down you know yeah the, the me too movement you grow yeah. up watching the me yeah. too movement like 
It's crazy out here. It's just wild because, like, <laughs> I already said it, but it's just amazing how priorities change. You're like, you're thinking about, like, like I mean, we were, we weren't even friends. Like, we've been friends for the past, like, what, six or six, six years? I met you in 2013, right? 2014 ish. 20, yeah, probably 2013, 20, yes. Yeah. Yeah, man, we've had a lot of laughs, but I mean, it's amazing how even, you know, our friendship changed. Like, we were, you know, we started off as just, you were just my, my coworker's boyfriend, and now you're one of my boys, man. Now I have you on, on this <laughs> pod of mine, and we talk, we text like almost every day. It's crazy, huh? How people grow as friends, right? Right. I mean, hey. I mean, you know, with that, you know, it's, it's easy. Like, again, it goes hand in hand. Like, you you start to fade away from people that you used to talk to every day. And, like, yeah. And that's what I mean by discovering yourself. It's like certain people that you probably used to associate with aren't on the same path as you are. They're yeah. going to have a different mindset and they start to fade away. Yeah. And, um, and that's just what the, well, this past decade in the 20s has been about for me. So, let me ask you this I've been rephrasing the question for each guest. This way, uh, you know, 2019, Anthony Jenkins, you know, if you could go back to, you know, 2010 version of you, what advice would you give or would you give any advice at all? I'd probably just be myself with a dead horse and, you know, continuously tell my, my own self that, you know, I have to put my own needs before, you know, certain things like you have to know like i mean obviously there's times where you can put other people before you if it doesn't hurt you that much yeah but basically it's just prioritizing and not procrastination yeah and you know that that's one of my biggest things was procrastinating you know yeah that'll be about it man uh everything else i i take because i mean they taught me a lot yeah i was like it's like that old question that we would always ask if would you rather go back with the knowledge that you have like go back to a younger age with all the knowledge that you have now yeah and you know which I mean no I wouldn't because I feel like it it made me the person that I am like all the things that I've learned and what I've been through so yeah I mean I take it with a grain of salt yeah I've, I've asked that to each of my guests so far most of them are leaning towards the way you're coming off is I wouldn't really change that much because it made me who I am. But I, I honestly, if I had to say, I would say I would tell myself to take better care of myself physically. Like I would probably tell myself like I'm not – I'm not – I mean I'm not the healthiest person but I'm definitely not like the most unhealthy person I know or like I'm not like dying right now. So like – but I would tell myself like, hey, man, you should probably be more active. You should probably you know, eat better, not drink as much and you know, just take care of yourself because like – it, it, you're, you're, you did, I did a lot of damage to myself, like physically, internally. It, it, and, you know, not just, not just like, not just physiologically, but also emotionally, just by, uh, <laughs> just by drinking all the time and using that as self medication. You know who I blame, Ka? I blame Drake. Drake taught me those bad <laughs> habits. <laughs> wow. Of course. Of course you do. Marvin's well, like, room. He, he Marvin. taught you how to cope with him. Like, it. <laughs> Okay. No, don't blame him for that. Marvin's room really was really influential in my early twenties. Speaking of which, let's move on to the second question. All right, because I think I know what we're going to talk about. Because I think when I was over, when I hung out with you over Thanksgiving, we talked about this a little bit. Uh, okay, so what is what is a favorite film, TV show, book, game, album from this past decade you'd like to discuss? And not to 
steal your thunder or, or necessarily control the conversation here, but you and I had a really interesting conversation about Drake's Take Care, as that was like, that was a big fucking album, and that's arguably his best album. What do you think, huh? I definitely think it's his best album. Um, definitely, well, if I had to pick, which, you mean, I'd probably be hype beasting at this point, and, you know, yeah. fanboy, but, I mean, it, it was a big album. It was one of the albums that I literally, I told you, I can listen to from start to finish. I mean, you said, you know, there's a couple songs you skipped, but, yeah. I mean, I, I, I like the album through and through. Uh, I mean, there's a couple more. I mean, I like my beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy, if we want to talk yeah. Kanye. Uh, let me let me ask um, you this with with take care and specifically my beautiful dark twisted fantasy do you think it's fair to say that those albums could be the best albums of this decade even though they came out like my beautiful dark twisted fantasy came out 2010 take care came out late 2011 that's like very early on is it fair to say that like there's been a lot that's come after it's like how do you is it fair to to, to pick something that early on in a decade what do you think well, I mean, yes, it, but it, it goes with each person, I feel, because I feel like your, your favorite album is going to be something that you probably related to the most. And mm-hmm. I mean, I feel like Take Care came at a, a time where we talk about back in our decades, we were 2011, you know, you, you um, the high school, but still, like, even that's right before I went to college. And that's when you learn a lot about yourself. Yeah. And I mean, it you go through a lot of hardships, no matter where it comes from, and I... It, it just related to me on that level, but yeah. Also, when you think about it, I mean, music has changed a lot nowadays. Like the yeah. earlier stuff has been a little bit. I mean, it's been better. A lot of people still listen to the older music, and the older you get, the more you're gonna say, "Oh, the music was better back then." Yeah. But I mean, even the artists that you listen to back then, they're starting to, you know, they try new things as the times go by, and it's not just not as good as their old stuff. Yeah, man, I'm looking at the track list to take care, and I'm like, God damn, this was a this was a fucking album, dude. And I feel the same way about my beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy. But you also mentioned To Pimp a Butterfly. Did you have any other albums you wanted to talk about? Not, not really. I mean, I, All right. that's mostly that's my hip hop albums, and that's mostly what I listen to, even though I have a broad range of music. Right. How about any uh, TV shows or films? Anything that stood out for you this past decade as your fave for the for the time period? Okay, so. Okay. Only because I I became a fan of this late when you with Game of Thrones. I, I feel like I caught it before the last two seasons. So I was like, yeah, I was like, I was like, but I mean, it was a great TV show. I loved it. Mm-hmm. It, it didn't really. I wouldn't say it really <laughs> changed me in a way. Yeah. Uh, as far as TV show goes, that was one of my favorites of the decade. Okay. Black Mirror has been a favorite of mine only because it's creepy and then I mean it, it just kind of makes you think about advances of technology and just all this weird stuff that could possibly happen especially in the way that this world is going uh, it's just it opens your mind and makes you think about stuff which I like yeah. TV shows and movies like that so I mean in that perspective it'd be those two were probably my favorites of the decade yeah it's funny you mention that because like everybody Pretty much everyone I've talked to so far has mentioned Game of Thrones, and it's been a mixed bag. Uh, but no one's really mentioned Black Mirror. Even I, who I'm a huge fan of Black Mirror, I loved it. I did, I watched it like a couple years after it came out. It came out in 2011, and I've been into it. I I'm not trying to sound hipstery, but I was into it before it kind of really blew up. Like I I know that I know how that sounds. I really know how that sounds. But when people started, okay, boomer, okay. <laughs> 
So I feel like once it went to Netflix, it really started blowing up and people started really paying attention to it. And but I I, I had gotten onto it fairly early on. Um, so um, I thought it was a Netflix original though. No, no, no. It started off as a BBC show. And then it oh, worked okay. its way to Netflix, and then BBC Netflix bought the rights to it. Like it started producing the original content. I don't know BBC's role in it any longer, but basically Netflix owns the production of it, and I think owns the distribution of it. I'm not, I'm not exactly sure, but I feel like once that deal went through, that's when it started blowing up everywhere. And like we said, we talked about streaming services, how streaming services have taken over the world now. But yeah, man, Black Mirror, dude, that is. I gotta watch. I gotta watch White Christmas again because it, it is that time of year. I gotta watch that, that again because that's a great year. episode. I just put a friend of mine on it, and <laughs> it was like uh, it's kind of Twilight esque, you know, like yeah, that. Twilight like, Zone, yeah. So they liked it. You know what I mean, but it it just I don't know. It, it it keeps you entertained and it makes you think about stuff. Yeah. Do you have any um films? Anything stuck out for you? Because like uh people have talked about you know Marvel. Marvel's kind of been the big deal, and Star Wars and. Uh, me and Steven talked about Fast and the Furious. It was pretty awesome. Oh, uh, goodness. That's, yeah. Now, I've been really been watching a lot of movies lately. None that, I mean, other than the Marvel series, of course, but nothing that really, like, stuck out. I mean, Get Out was a, <laughs> a movie I feel like they blown out, they blew out of proportion. It wasn't really all that. I, mean, I get the underlying message that Jordan Peele was trying to hint at and stuff, but yeah. I, I haven't really seen any good good movies now and we just want to talk about like a, a movie that i find to be like one of my favorites sure that i can literally watch over and over as uh it'd be Django and change just because it was hilarious yeah that's one of my favorite movies that uh, i don't know what year it came out but 2012 I'm sure it, came out, it came out uh december 2012 right, there you go if I had to pick a movie, that, that's what it would be. Also, because Jamie Foxx is one of the best actors ever. Yeah, one of the, yeah, one of the most talented men in Hollywood. I mean, he sings, he he acts, he does comedy. I, I mean, I, I don't really know what else he doesn't do. Um, <laughs> he hosts TV shows. He hosts know? TV shows, yeah. He's, he's everywhere. He's a pretty good follow on social media, too. Let's move on to this last question, because I had something specific I wanted to ask you about this last question. So... You know, going forward, do you have any New Year's resolutions for the coming year of 2020? And in a bigger picture, do you have any like larger goals that you want to do for this next coming decade? What do you got, Cuff? For me, I guess I, I really just want to continue to travel. That's been my big thing the past two years, between last year and this year. Yeah. Next year, I'll be going to Jamaica. That's what's up. That'll be that'll be fun. But I just you know I just want to continue to. See the world, learn about other things, learn their cultures, of course, become better with money, which is everybody's, I feel like that should be everybody's goal. Yeah, definitely, right here too, man. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. not being, increasing bank accounts, you know, growth, new positions, new jobs, anything that comes, you know, just, you know, just continue to be happy. I wish for, you know, health for my friends and family, make sure everybody's okay, Everybody's at peace of mind and the way things are going in the world that everybody just stays safe. And that's my plan to stay safe and, you know, continue to just spread a little bit of cuh everywhere throughout the world, you know. There you go. Without uh, without babies, you know, no, no kids. <laughs> no kids. We don't need kids. <laughs> uh, uh, let me ask you this. You're, I did want to direct the conversation kind of in this way because I know it's a big thing for you. Your Celtics, man, they won a championship in 08, and they went this whole decade without winning one. What do you think you guys got on tap for the next coming decade? What do you What do you expect? Are you hopeful? Are you optimistic? What do you think about Brad? What do you think? 
Well, I mean, Brad's the best coach in the league. Oh, okay. Let's talk. Let's talk backseats, man. Okay. The best out of timeout calls ever. Ever we seen. He makes Popovich look like Baby Yoda. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I mean, obviously the Celtics are in contention. You're going to see a Celtics Lakers championship this year, and you know it's, it's been time. You know, that we're going to spark that Celtics Lakers rivalry again. You know, it feels good to be the only guy in the group with a winning team record. You know, hey, man. I get to talk trash. The Bulls the, the Bulls beat the Clippers the other night. I mean, Kawhi, Pat Bev, and Lou Williams didn't, didn't play. I was about to say, he didn't, Kawhi didn't even play. Hey, man, 10 and 18, we could be a lot worse, all right? We could be the Knicks, all right? So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is, yeah, you, you could be the Knicks. So what do you? But, you know, this isn't their year. This isn't the Clippers' year. So what do you think? In the next five years, you could you? I mean, obviously, you don't. You don't. We're not fortune tellers here. Like plenty of things could go wrong. Like like when Gordon Hayward got injured, shit happens yeah. in the NBA. Are you uh, expecting? Are you expecting? That might be a little too definitive, but are you expecting a championship in the next five years? Yes. Okay. Barring any setbacks, I mean, we got we signed three or four of our key pieces for the next at least three or four years. Yeah. Jason Tatum will probably get his contract into this year, and then like the next year, an extension. I mean, Jalen Brown's here, and Jalen Brown has been balling this year. You can't take nothing from him. Yeah, him and him and Tatum and Kimba. Like it's like they don't need Kimba to turn on, but when he does turn on, this is when everybody else is falling short, and he can go put up forty. But he doesn't have to do that every night like he did in Charlotte. Yeah. Like, and I feel like everybody else is just starting to fall together if we can stay healthy. I mean, we we hadn't had Marcus Smart, who's been always been a big piece defensively for us. Yeah. And now he's a three point shooter, so I'm like, he's he's been one of our better three point shooters this year. And I mean, we miss him a lot when he's not on the court. Gordon Hayward just got back from breaking his hand. Yeah. And then he exited like the last game we played because he got hit in the nose. And it was like, well, it's not broken, so it's good. I think. He's set to play in the next game. But, I mean, look for us to make a, a nice trade. I don't even know anybody that I really want, but we need a big. I don't think any of the bigs are on the block unless probably Tristan Thompson might be on the block. Yeah. Like the Cavs are probably about to tear down. And they looking for first picks for Kevin Love. But he wants to go to Portland, which that Portland team, could, you know, they could, they have potential. Yeah. And Melo continues to play like Melo. I mean, they might have to start playing with two basketballs, but. I mean, if they can get that together, then they'll be, they'll be fine. But uh, in the more immediate uh, near future, we have LSU. This will be going out the first or the third, uh, depending on what part one or part two. And so this will be after the Oklahoma-LSU game. Hopefully, LSU wins. And if not, I'll be very sad. And I know you will be. But, you uh-huh. know, we have, we're in contention next year for, you know, we have a – College championship and possibly a Super Bowl contention. So hopefully, I don't know what this team is going to look like after. I don't know what the Saints are going to look like without after Breeze. Uh, this might be his last year. He might stick around for one more year. And I honestly, I was thinking about this. I was like, where does LSU go after this once Joe leaves? It's going to be some pretty interesting, pretty interesting situations coming in like 2020, 2021. What do you think, huh? That's yeah. I'm not worried about the Saints as much as I'm worried about LSU. Yeah. For the next season, because I mean, that's what we've been missing for the past decade. Not decade, but you know, we just it's always been like, I wonder what they look like with a quarterback. I mean, I wonder what they like somebody that's can actually decisive, you know, with with the ball and makes good passes and timely passes. I mean, Joe Joe Burrow was a hell of a player this year, and uh. 
it's show. I mean, there's a difference. Like, you can't really tell me Jamar Chase not taking nothing from him, but he's better than Odell was when he was at LSU or Jarvis mm-hmm. Lange. Like, they had the receiving core for seven years, several years. Yeah. They just didn't have the quarterback. And, I mean, we're getting, I feel like we still got some of the top recruits for next year as far as receiving goes. I don't really know too much about our backup quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, I'm, I'm nervous about that year. I mean, I'm nervous about what's going to happen to them. I feel like Drew might come back one more year. I mean, and if he doesn't, I feel like we'll be okay. Yeah. We probably won't, you know, be as dominant, but I feel like we'll find ways to win. Like close ones. We will cook up something, you know. So, what do you think cooking. we should, we think we should give away the farm to get Joe, the Saints? They should like, whatever the Bengals want, you can have it just so we can get that first round, get, get that number one pick and get Joe Burrow oh, as the future. Uh, um, <laughs> no, <laughs> <laughs> no, do not do that. <laughs> no, do not do that. Like, you don't. I don't, I don't know. I'm tearing everything down for him. Like, I mean, Joe's great. I love him, but I'm not. I'm not selling everything for somebody who hasn't played an NFL game yet. Yeah. Like it depends depending on what you say by everybody. Like, no, he'd be great. Trust me. But yeah. I just feel like the Saints are exactly where they need to be. Like, I don't. I don't see any more talent you can add to that team on well, an offensive side that'll make them better. I guess more pass catchers, but yeah, I mean it wouldn't take away from uh, Mike Thomas. Yeah, I mean I feel like they're good as long as they're healthy. Like even with just having Jared Cook, like we moved the ball up the field quick against the 49ers last week. Yeah, it was easy in the first two touchdowns, you know. But then he, he went out and then it, the passing game kind of slowed down. And Kamara just hasn't been Kamara. As of late, not running the same plays with him. Yeah. And, you know, I don't think he's 100%, but still. So this will be going out after the regular season has ended for the Saints. And hopefully we're in the one or two seed and we have a bye. But I don't know, yeah. Kuh. We'll see, man. We'll see. We're pulling for the Atlanta Falcons today for the first time. Oh, that's disgusting. It uh, pains me to say it, but I hate the 49ers. <laughs> like, I, just, I have two friends that are 49ers fan, and after that game, they just... They let you have it, huh? They, they just disgusted. Yeah. And I'm like, I can't. I hope we see y'all again. Well, I know I'll see you again. I will be in town the last two weeks of the year in Louisiana. So hopefully, you know, we should be able to get together at least once or twice in the um in that time frame. And you know, this will be going out after the holidays. So I wish everyone on your end, Cuh, and everybody a happy holidays and and a happy new year, man. Thank you for doing this. No problem, man. Happy new year to you. What matter of fact, are you going to be here for New Year's? I plan to, yes. Yeah, I'm about to say you need to do a New Year's pod. You know, I feel like you gotta you gotta give the people a, a J Flow New Year's story. I think you should do that every year. <laughs> no, I feel I... like your your new <laughs> your New Year's have always been, you know, great great stories. No, know? they're not. No, they stop lying to people <laughs> like that. They're funny. When I was at, I was eating lunch with Stephen's family, and Rachel and Stephen brought up the New Year's that you're talking about, and I was just like, I had to just like face palm and like just put my hand my face on my hand like oh no let's not tell these stories they're really bad uh <laughs> but yeah man if you're in town man i'll probably be in new orleans so if you want to come down or maybe we we can all go up to baton rouge and hang out who knows man we'll see what we'll, we'll see what happens all right man just let me know I'm all, right. Here. all right my brother i'll catch you later all right all right Jeff. all right bye okay hey guys i'm joined by alex molner returning guest how are you doing today alex I'm good. How is the weather up there in old Windy City, Chicago? 
not terrible, but, you know, that means that it's 35 instead of 25. <laughs> yeah, so. it's like, uh, I think, 60 or 70 down here in Austin, so. <laughs> not to rub it in or anything like that. Uh, right. Oh, no, of course not. No, Never. I would, I, I'm jealous. I would actually prefer your weather, but, you know. I know. But, uh, but yeah, man, you and I have been talking a lot lately. I mean, like, more frequently than, I guess, usual because of we're both big fans of The Mandalorian, especially one Baby Yoda. That has been, oh like, that has been, like, the highlight of this month or, like, the back half of this yeah. year. So, like, yeah. I mean, we have other things to get to, but, like, man, like... Ugh, he's so good! He's so cute. Like, it's hard to, like... By the time this gets out, we'll... we'll I think we'll have seen the end, maybe, of the first season of The Mandalorian. But just as it stands right now, like, we were just talking about Friday's episode. Like, it was really good. And it's so... Like, when old boy got shot and he was holding Baby Yoda, and baby, Yoda baby, baby Yoda fell, Ugh. no lie, I went, No! The baby! It was... Uh, it was crazy. I know. I was so I was so happy that that one technician finally was like, "Are you hungry? Because we have only ever seen him eat like one frog and one fish. That is a baby. That baby needs to be fed." Yeah, like uh, no, The Mandalorian. While a very entertaining show with a very entertaining character, I don't think he's going to win Dad of the Year. I mean, he's trying. He's no. trying his heart out, but I like. Mean, he is. He's he's clearly doing his best. Yeah. But being an orphan raised by mercenaries is not a great way to become dad of the year. Yeah. Props to him. He's trying to break the cycle. He's trying to, you know, mm-hmm. spare life. But yeah, it's yep. uh, the memes, the photos. Like, it's the the, uh, mer- the merchandise just went on sale, I think, and they're calling it The Child. So I, we still don't know its yeah, name but yet. They but won't, you, if you order it now, you don't get it until next year. Oh, that's a bummer. Right? Yeah, it's kind of a dilemma because they like apparently they didn't like they didn't get ahead of it because they didn't want to spoil it for everybody because it would have leaked. Right. But like, damn, right. that's a lot of Christmas. That's a lot of Christmas money that they probably they could have probably made more money if they had oh been ahead God. of the game. Yeah. But so much. But I hear Disney is doing all right in the money department, so I don't think they'll be too yeah. upset yeah. about it. <laughs> all right, I so, think they'll be okay. So we have a few questions, and thank you again for being on. Uh, as you know, as always. Let's get to it. First question is, reflecting back, what has this decade meant for you personally? I'm going to go with growth, mm-hmm. which I know is a very sort of like generic answer, but I have had to do so much growing over the past 10 years. It's... It kind of it kind of really boggles my mind how much has happened in the last ten years. In the last year. Just in this year alone. Yeah. How much has happened. Yeah. And how much has changed and like how much I've had to juggle and deal with. You know, this is the first decade out of my family home, the first decade on my own, the first decade that I'm like paying bills and taxes and healthcare and all of that stuff, like Clearly not entirely on my own because I'm still very deeply connected to my parents and all, but yeah. like I have to do it. It's yeah. me. <laughs> I texted my buddy Justin who's gonna also be on these two episodes. 
I just randomly texted him because I got paid yesterday. And, you know, as soon as you get paid, like, the first thing I do, I wake up and I'm like, time to pay some bills. And I'm just like, dude, I know, <laughs> dude, I know bills are like a part of life. And, you know, it's, yeah. it's, it's, you know, it's, it's part of adulthood. But I'm like, man, I fucking hate paying bills so goddamn much. It's so <sighs> terrible. Yeah. It's like, yeah, all right, fine, fuck, god damn it, I fucking. Yeah could do some i could have so much fun with this money that i'm just giving to y'all but you know it is what it yep. is it's, it's yep. again uh so another way i've been asking people in a di- to look at this question in a different light is uh you know i don't i don't know exactly where you i, I can't recall exactly where you were in 2000 like 10 but like alex of 2010 you right now yep. alex 2019 what if you could what would you tell 2010 alex you know, like just a heads up or anything like that, or nothing at all. How do, you, however, you feel. What would you say? You know what? Go to therapy sooner. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we. Yes, that is a great. That's, that's just great like, advice. Fucking go to therapy sooner. Stop. Stop telling yourself that it's not that bad because it doesn't matter. Just go to therapy. <laughs> do you still feel attached to that younger version of yourself, or do you feel like it's it's too far? There's the distance. The gulf is too far at this point. It's pretty far. Yeah. It's pretty far. I mean, I still, like, recognize her. Yeah. I recognize that person. Yeah. But the experiences that I've had since then and the things that I've had to adapt to and incorporate in my life to keep moving forward. Yeah. 2010 me would be like, what? No. What? <laughs> no. Yeah, I, I was just emphasizing with my other guests how priorities change. Like, I could tell you, like, 2010, 2011, 2012, until I graduated college. Like, all you were thinking, all I was thinking of is just get the degree, pass the test, make it to the next semester, get this class, do that, do this, you know, make your make time, you know, get to work on time, you know, pay what little bills you have. And it's just like, it's weird how priorities change. Like, I, I, I don't really know exactly what I want, even as I sit here and talk to you right now, but... Yeah, it's it's become a little bit clearer. Like I don't, I, I truly envy people who like decided what they wanted when they were like twelve, and they're they're our age. They're sitting in our position right now, having achieved it, or are still unwavering on that. I'm like, yeah, dude, I'm so jealous of you. Like I'm so envious of you, man. Like I know, I know, and like I guess I kind of have that a little bit with acting, but like I don't know, dude. Sometimes I look at like I have a friend who. I remember when I first met her when we were in seventh grade, she's like, I'm going to be a vet. Mm-hmm. She's a fucking vet now. <laughs> like, she has a practice. Yeah. She's owned multiple, I don't, well, I don't know if she owns the place she lives now, but like, she owns the condo she lived in all through college and med school, mostly on her own credit. Like, her parents helped her out, but like, she was just so on top of Ugh. how to survive in the world so early on. Isn't it just disgusting? Just like, it's just like, ugh. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm like, yeah, how yeah. do you do, how, how? <laughs> <laughs> I don't get it. So you, when did you move to Chicago again? Remind me again. 2012. So you've been there, Remember 2012. so you've been there for most of this decade. How, how has that changed? Yeah. Like, how do you feel like that big of a city has changed either you or changed in your eyes over the past seven years? <sighs> Well, I've gotten a lot more social, a lot more comfortable in my own skin and just like yeah, able to put myself out there 
it's interesting because I say that out loud and it's true, but I also definitely used to think or have thought in the past, like, God, me in college, I had so much more confidence, I was so much more brave, like, I've lost so much of that. But, like, looking around, I have a lot more of the hallmarks of braveness now than I think I did then. Yeah. So that's kind of an interesting realization to have right in this moment. <laughs> well, I'm glad, I mean, I don't, I'm not going to charge you for this session, but, you know, I'll, <laughs> the first one's free, first right? First one's free. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but that's well, that is a, interesting. Yeah, but uh, but yeah, man, it's that. Uh, but what were you saying about what you were saying about growth? Yeah, that's been the common theme, and I guess I got I kind of expected that with talking to everyone because, like, uh, yeah. I said this with someone else. Like, if you started this decade one way and it's been ten years and you haven't grown, you've just wasted a right. decade of your life. Like, that's a damn shame. Right. Yeah. So that's been also, the. Also, I feel yeah. like for for people our age, like this is an incredibly formative decade. I mean, you talk about, you know, your teens into your 20s, like, that's a huge developmental stage, but, like, this is when we are establishing who we want to be or who, the kind of people we want to be, you know, going forward in our lives. Maybe not for the rest of our lives, but, like, for the next decade anyway. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what to expect, and we'll we'll touch on this uh, later on, but I don't know what to expect in the coming decade, but I pretty... Mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure, yeah. I think it's fair to say. I think it, it, you. Could, I think you would agree with this. I don't think I'll do as much changing as I did this past no. decade as the next coming decade. I mean, who knows? No. I mean, who the fuck knows? But like, right, right. Yeah, anything can happen. Anything but can in happen. all likelihood, you talk about averages. Most people get to thirty and they're refining who they are. They're not figuring out who they are. Yeah, they've already kind of like landed on the touchstones and now they're filling in the detail work i think that's fair let's move on to the second question uh i hope you didn't some people struggled with this one but hopefully i didn't find it that hard but apparently people have a hard time like (laughs) deciding like on like just like something over the past 10 years like my brother was like what came out this did anything good come out these past 10 years i'm like yeah a ton (laughs) of stuff he's like i had a hard time picking i was like whatever anyway so what is a favorite film, you know, a film, a TV show, a book, a game, an album from this past decade, you know, that you would like to discuss and celebrate? What are what are a few things? Man, I consume too much media to have picked a favorite yes. for any of that. Yes. But I think this is something that has come up for me, particularly at the end of this decade. The last, I would say, three to five years of this decade is like a burgeoning interest and desire to play, uh, like, tabletop games. Okay. Particularly Dungeons & Dragons, but, like, I'm expanding out into other role-playing games that involve, you know, similar kind of ideas, but not necessarily the same world system or, like, requirements that D&D has, you know? Okay. So that, I think, what's interesting to me and what I've been, like, really enjoying about role-playing games in general very recently is the bonding experience and and how you get to you know in some ways maybe process trauma that you haven't necessarily dealt with or are still having issues with how to you know working through things that are more 
stigmatized or, you know, maybe something you're not comfortable, like, expressing in your actual everyday life, but, you know, you're playing a game, so you can kind of do whatever you want, you know? Yeah. And it's really cool how kind it can be and how enlightening it can be if you're with the right group of people. Yeah, when I was in when I was in Louisiana for Thanksgiving, I was at uh, one of my friends who I was just hanging out with. He was like, "Hey, do you want to stay and hang out for a second? I'm about to we're about to do a D and D session." I'm like, "Well, I don't really play D and D, but I'll sit in, man, just to be like shoot the shit, right?" And it was it was interesting. Yeah. They seemed like they were. It was very intense. Yeah. I mean, as intense as like D and D can get, but like you know, sure. it was intense. They were lo- they were all locked in and playing, but they were also like cutting it up and like having a good time and cracking mm-hmm. jokes. It was like, oh, I get why people fuck with this. It's not just because like, yeah. you know, it's not just like the fantasy elements or the it's this communal, it's the social environment that I think people latch on yeah. to more than anything. So yeah, and you build you get to build stories together, which is really cool. Like there there isn't much in the world that is as collaborative as that that I am aware of, really. That you do like as a social thing, or even at work. I mean, it's, you know, usually you have your own little projects and then everybody kind of puts their stuff together at the end. But with this, you are all telling a story together, actively. Mm-hmm. And that's really cool, because you never know what's going to happen next. And you have to, like, you know, sometimes you have to be willing to take the back seat, and sometimes you have to be willing to take the lead. And sometimes everyone's just kind of running around going, like, what the fuck? I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's, it's fun. It, it's not really my cup of tea, like I said, but I could get into it if I really wanted to. But it's really not. It's I've yeah. never. I was never. This sounds like I'm slagging it, but I'm really not. I just never got the appeal. Like I was. I, I never got yeah. the intrigue of it. All. I was like, oh, that's that's cool, I guess, but it's not really my thing. But any, anything else, like you know, a TV show, a movie, any any albums you particularly were stand out for these past ten years? I mean, the MCU has changed everything yeah. <laughs> as far as I'm concerned yeah that's, like I, yeah. I okay so I I don't I think Lord of the Rings happened before 2010 I think that finished before 2010 so really like in terms yeah. of giant movie things yeah Star Wars came back but I don't know it doesn't have like the same massive impact yeah like I would say Game of Thrones and MCU are two of the biggest like yeah media things of the decade yeah the uh the way game of thrones ended but you know i mean the mcu started in 08 with iron man but you know there was only iron man uh right or iron man 1 was 08 and then i think incredible hulk and iron man 2 no incredible hulk was also 08 but so you only had three entries prior to 2010 and then you had cap and thor debut in 2010 so you had like yeah. yeah for the better part of this decade like in, the Marvel Studios has pretty much owned this decade and then once Disney mm-hmm. bought them in 2012 it just took it off yeah. to a whole new stratosphere True. they had the they had the funding yeah. and the resources to take it to Endgame was probably the biggest movie of the year mm-hmm. this year and you know uh, we we're recording this before Rise of Skywalker comes out I hope that doesn't suck but yeah man like as much as yeah. I love as much as I love Force Awakens and as much as I love The Last Jedi and Rogue One and Solo to an extent um, it really was Marvel's decade and I don't think yeah. I, I don't know how you could argue against that yeah and it's just it's interesting too because I just watched 
first Captain America with my roommate because she'd never seen, she'd never seen any of them. And so I started her like with Iron Man and we're working through. Yeah. But watching that movie as compared to Endgame, light years apart. Yeah. Like Captain America is still kind of like montage with some action cuts in there. It's not really, there isn't a ton of plot in the movie. There isn't a ton of relationship developing. Although my roommate did say from like the very first moment they're on screen together, oh, they're gay with Bucky and Steve. And I was like, Ah. no, you're not wrong. (laughs) Well, you know. Like I know canonically that it's not correct. But, like, in my own personal world, they're absolutely fucking flaming. I mean, if you watch Captain America now, the love interest is not Peggy. (laughs) Like, she's there, and she's a woman, but Cap is so clearly in love with Bucky that it's unreal. I mean, they both are. They're in love with each other. Yeah, and you could tell in Civil War, the little sniping that Winter Soldier and Falcon had at each other really wasn't about... It was God. really about who Cap loves the most, because, like... Yes! Yeah, it really... <laughs> no, he's my best friend! No, he's my best friend! Yeah, it's, uh... uh, You know, I would totally... Like, I'm not against that. Like, that would be a radical shift from the source material, but I think it would be a welcome yes. shift. Like, I could not imagine yes. how surreal... Maybe that's being unfair, but how surreal that would be if, like, if you had a character named Captain America, he's a military man, he's, like, truth, justice, yep. and all that stuff... And he was gay. Like, that would be, like, that'd just yeah. be a brave new yeah. world, man. That that would be, yep. whew, I would totally get into that. Because, like, because, yep. <laughs> like, I don't think, I think even the actors would totally is... get into that, man. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But, you know, maybe, maybe there are parts of this country and parts of the world that that's a little, you know, that's a little much. But hopefully one day, you know, in the next yeah. coming decade, maybe we do have a gay character or gay main character in the MCU. We'll see. I mean, hopefully. That would be pretty incredible. I mean, honestly, even if they were just like, he's not gay, he's bi, which is probably even yeah. harder to say, whatever. But, like, that would make sense. Then he can be in love with both Peggy and Bucky. Like, yeah. there you go. Perfect solution. Done. There you go. A love triangle I don't think we've ever experienced in, like, <laughs> blockbuster modern cinema. Like, uh, a male yeah. character with a love trial between a woman, love triangle between a woman and a man. That would be... That would be something. That would be blockbuster. Uh, yeah, you know Trump's America would have a problem with that, but you know they have a problem with everything. So <sighs> seriously. Anyway, let, let's move on to the last question because I think it's a great. Yeah. I, I, I think it's a very interesting question. Okay, twenty nineteen is wrapping up. We have like what, like a little over three weeks left. Do you have any resolutions, New Year's resolutions for twenty twenty, and you know bigger picture? Do you have any like resolutions or goals for the coming decade? Oh man. I know, it's, it's daunting. It's a very daunting question. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, I guess, finding some kind of stability. Like, I feel like this past decade has been upheaval after upheaval after upheaval, and I'm ready to, to be more settled and yeah. to just feel like I have, you know, a really good groundwork to build off of. Yeah to get to the things that I really want to accomplish in my life. And, you know, I know there's the whole, well, you can't wait until you're ready. Sure. Yeah. But also, like, I don't know. I need to, I, if I'm going to jump off of something, I need to have something to jump off of. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, 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 I've experienced something similar. Like, this year has been kind of uh, very 
formative for me as well. I mean, it's never too late, right? right. Um, but I think what my 20s I've learned is figuring out what I want and what, what yeah. do I want. And I think this coming decade in our 30s is going to be, okay, I think I know what I want. Now how the hell do I get it? That's the that's the right. next challenge. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Because you can't really get to where you're supposed to, well, where you're supposed to be until you know exactly what you want. Right. And I, I, I struggled with that for probably the past, well, you know, four years. Once I moved out of Louisiana, which is where what was the goal for a while there, once I got out of there, it's like, okay, uh, now what? And now, so, like, I think I have an idea. <laughs> I think I know, but, you know, you got to, it, it, it's, that now that I know, I'm hoping I have the capability and the patience and the fortitude to, you know, go go get it. And will be willing to right. compromise because, like, I think that's a big thing about growing up. You're like, well, you know, you know, perfect is the enemy of the good, right? You want, once you, you, you shouldn't right. throw, you shouldn't throw away like eighty percent or like eighty five percent if because it's not hundred percent. So hopefully, right? Hopefully, I, 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 that's the way it goes. Who knows? I could get hit by a bus tomorrow. Who the fuck knows, right? <laughs> <laughs> I like. I think one of maybe one of my goals for the next however long yeah. is necessary is to really incorporate the the idea that anything worth doing is worth doing poorly which <laughs> like i recognize that sounds weird yeah. but if you're gonna do anything you're probably not gonna do it well at first but you should still do it yeah you know Fuck up and fail, and then get better. Learn from your mistakes. Embrace failure. That's another goal. Embracing failure. You know, not treating it as this like boogeyman yeah. to be afraid of, because you gotta fail to to get better. I mean, this is probably a pod, on, and this is a pod topic onto itself. But growing yeah. up, I feel like that was not encouraged enough. Like even though no. I, I came from I come from a very privileged background where I, if I wanted to yeah. fuck up I could have but like I don't think right. that that's stressed enough in the in the education system that like hey right, exactly. you can fuck up like you're, you're lucky if you're yeah. lucky enough you can Please. fuck up a few times but you need to fuck yeah. up a few times to learn like that's really the learning yeah. curve like getting the getting the A while working hard is like. Uh, that's admirable, but like getting the A, but you know, sometimes you got to get a D or an F to be like, okay, what the fuck did I do wrong and how do I fix it? So, right, yeah, yeah, man, I think that that was all very, uh, very insightful and very wise, Alex. Uh, I really appreciate you coming on. I know, I know you're you're always willing to go and you were very excited to do this. And, uh, so yeah, man, I really appreciate yeah. it. And it's been a great talk, yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, and uh, definitely gonna have you on for volume five, man. Sounds good. Yeah, we just got to figure out a topic to talk about, which I don't think will be that hard, you know, as no. as, as opinionated <laughs> as you and I are. I think that won't be too. Yeah, so, exactly. I think... Pick something. We'll go. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. That's going to do it for me and Alex. Alex, thank you, and I hope you have a great rest of your weekend. And this will be going out at the on the 1st, so, you know, have a Merry Christmas or and Happy Hanukkah as well um, to you. You too. And your family. Yeah. All right. Uh, all right. I'll catch you later. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. All right, let me take a sip of this Bark's root beer. Uh, Bark's, it has bite. It does have bite. All right, guys, I'm joined now by returning guest, frequent guest, fan favorite, because I know he likes that title. Thank uh, you. <laughs> Dalvin Ford Jr., how you doing today, man? I'm good, man. Saints considering, I'm doing pretty good. Yeah, everybody, we're. I think I mentioned this on one of the other interviews with one of the other guests. 
This is being recorded like in the evening after the Saints lost, very close, bitterly close loss to the uh, the 49ers. 49ers. So me and Dalvin are kind of raw, but luckily we have other things to distract <laughs> us from that that that, that game. And LSU, at least LSU won, right? Like, oh, I'm super excited about that. It's, it's nothing can bring me down. This will be going out after LSU plays Oklahoma. So hopefully we're still in it. We're on our way to the national championship. Right. Which exactly. should be the Oklahoma. case. Should Oklahoma be the case. The team, don't sleep on them. Jalen Hurts has killed us before. Just but be ready. We got like I think it's almost a little less than three weeks, so we got time. We got time. And yeah, us in Texas, I'm sure we have uh, access to a lot more boomer shooter types. Like I know I have a few in the office that I'll have to yeah start becoming a little aggro with. Well, I work with a UT girl, and she was like, "Oh, so they'll be well, they'll be on our side, heavy." Fuck OU, right? Anyway, yeah. So let's get started then. First question: <clears throat> Reflecting back. What has this decade meant for you personally, Dalvin? Uh, personally, it's been a lot of growth. Like uh, yeah. This decade was the difference between essentially being 20 and 30, right? Yeah. Uh, and I don't know. I feel like I learned a lot along the way. I've, I've been through a lot of different phases of my life. And I feel like I'm, I'm kind of moving in the right direction. But it's, it's kind of weird to the juxtaposition of personally feeling like you're moving in the right direction while everything else in society isn't you know what i'm saying so it's like as i feel like i'm, I'm gaining in my powers and learning and becoming a better person does it even matter <laughs> so uh yeah that's that's kind of been the weird feeling throughout like well, i've been feeling personally stronger while wondering why i'm even trying we we talked a little bit before this started recording well with that attitude dalvin you know no. <laughs> exactly uh, I keep trying. You know, you give it a go every day. Yeah, you, you do the best you can. So uh, over Thanksgiving break, I was on LSU's campus. I, I had an afternoon to kill, so I walked around campus, and it was hard a little bit. It was it was it was harder than I thought it would be to reconnect with that like twenty year old me, like 21, 22 year old self, like because the priorities have changed so drastically that like yeah. yeah. I couldn't like you know people go to homecoming and party real hard. Like I couldn't imagine. Recreating any of my college activities at all? Yeah. Like, like even the going back and doing the like the more money version of the stuff I used to do. Like, still, I I couldn't even see it, man. That was a different life. Yeah, it was. It was weird. Like, everybody on the campus, all the students looked twelve. It was. It was very, very surreal that way. But it was. It's. It was hard to connect to that kid because, like, he was a kid and. I mean, I'm still kind of immature. Hell, I'm very immature in a lot of regards. But we all are. That's why the adulting is a word because none of us are used to it, even though we're all damn near <laughs> 30 yeah. years old. It's just weird. It's it. But I'll say you, you use the word growth, and you know I've done this interview. I've done these. I've asked these questions to several people at this point. Growth, change, you know, development, maturation. That those have been the common theme, which is what I expected. Because like, if you if you're exactly the same as you were 10, 10 years yeah. that's a lot of time wasted like you you probably should have just stayed home or some shit so but let me ask you this 2019 dalvin right if you okay. could if you could go to 2010 dalvin and give okay. if you give any advice if you even would give advice what would you give him really that school doesn't fucking matter but you can't you can't like take it for granted yeah like i i'm I, as people know who know me personally, I started at LSU, but I didn't graduate there. And it was essentially because, one, I had like a depressive episode while at school, and two, because I just didn't give a fuck about school at all. And uh, if I could, I, 
I was just lazy. Like, I, I could make myself give a fuck. I do it for work. I do it for everything else in life. Like, if I could go back and make myself really focused and, you know, get the LSU degree and connect with people, uh, do the networking that would have been naturally happening while being at LSU, I feel like I would have been a little further ahead career-wise, but uh, not much. And honestly, that could have meant me still living in Louisiana, and I feel like that would be a minus. But that is probably my biggest like regret that I just took school for granted. Well, you know. it, that is a common regret, though. Like that is a pretty like that. Like I know several people, like my own brother. I think uh, I don't recall him mentioning it, but I would say that he probably regrets not taking school as seriously as he did in college. And, and it's so. like I really lucked out. I, don't, I, I was like, I got a four year degree. I went to a HBCU. I graduated like cum laude, and she like it worked out empirically mm-hmm. but like i still have that personal regret of like i feel like i failed out of a place i but it's just not a good feeling yeah i've thought about this as well like what would i tell myself like i would just tell him like quit being so short-sighted especially you know with money and relationships especially romance like just be patient perfect is the enemy of the good like it doesn't be more willing to like in those days like i viewed it as settling and I'm really, I'm really averse to settling because I'm like, I guess it's a sense of entitlement, like for another nah, day. I feel like uh, that's something that if you have any role models or any kind of good people in your life, they teach you something about aspiring and wanting what you want, and nothing's wrong with going for it. Like I don't think, yeah, there's nothing wrong with not settling. I mean, there's being realistic, which I think people need to kind of learn and take into account. But, but there's I, nothing wrong with. A little idealism, but I. But it wasn't necessarily idealism. It was it was selfishness and it was uh, entitlement and like impatience. Like it was like why did why do I have to wait for something good to develop? Why can't it just come to me right away? So, so that's what I would tell myself is like, hey man, chill out. Got a little like, bit of that gifted kid syndrome that all of these us yeah. millennials have. Yes, it's probably that more than anything. Like just like I want what I'm not I want this immediately. What the fuck? <laughs> I want what I want now, and I want it right now. It's like. Why do I have to wait for something good? Uh, so that's what I would tell myself. And just just chill out, man. It's not that big a deal. And I would also tell myself, like, only thing that matters is what matters to you. Like, fuck everyone else. Like, I'm not trying to sound like an after-school special here, but, like, it's only as important as it is to you. Like, if something – if you think this is important, then it's important. But if you really don't feel like it's important, like, certain things, like – then don't fucking waste your time on it. It doesn't matter what anyone thinks or what people, what society or what culture it like presses is like important or significant. Fuck it. Make your own choices. So that's what I would I would emphasize that as a younger man. You know, if I could tell that. Yeah. Get it how you live. Yeah. Make make your choices. I mean, commit to those choices. Like, if you're gonna decide this is what I value, then commit to it. But also, like, you you have the liberty. And you have the freedom to make those choices. You don't need you don't need to necessarily ask permission for that. So, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Well, let's move on to the second question. Uh, let's see. You you had something specific you want to talk about. So, what is a fam- what is a favorite film, TV show, book, game, album, any one of those from this past decade you'd like to discuss and celebrate? Well, I, when I say I had something specific in mind, it really wasn't because it was that powerful of a thing. In yeah. fact, like I, I just interpreted the question as you wanted one. But, like, I had a very hard time thinking of this. Apparently like, a lot of people did. Because now in the death of one thing, dude, like, it was it was a lot. But my answer was the 2010 film Inception. Ah. I personally, you know, love Christopher Nolan's films. And, like, even though I don't think Inception was the best of the movie, uh, of his of his movies, 
something about it like really kind of encapsulated the time and it was like very inward facing and you know as the kind of social media generation continues to grow up and use new medias is even more and more like insular and i think like to start off the decade like that it kind of spoke to what the time was going to be also like the memes that spawned from it and it was very culturally relevant for a long time yeah and it was good as fuck like uh, I, I still make reference to it all the time yeah i remember what's what's always funny about inception to me the day that came out that friday was the day i got my tattoo like i got it so <laughs> nice. like, i'll always remember i got the tattoo and next thing i know i went and saw inception so that was a pretty interesting day but yeah, dude, like I was thinking about this because my, my good buddy and friend of the show, uh, Ben, we we had this conversation in 2017. So we had a few years to go left in this decade. But we were like, what has been the best film so far? Like what has been the best film from 2010 to 2017? And I, I think we both agreed like Inception was probably the best film. Like it was either like Inception or Arrival at that point. Like I really feel like Arrival was – and we were like Marvel feels kind of weird because like – the yeah. film character of the decade is Thanos, but yes. I wouldn't give it to any one of their movies. Yeah, I don't want to say Endgame was the best movie of the decade because that's really that's really recency bias. Um, yeah, so, no, for sure. But honestly, I think if I had to settle though at this point, I honestly feel like my favorite film, Inception, is probably the second one. My favorite film was probably Blade Runner twenty forty nine. I really, really love that film. That's I really tried good... to watch it. I made it like halfway through, and I just never went back to finish it. It's not for everybody. That's the really weird thing about that. Like they sank a lot of money into Blade Runner twenty forty nine, and I'm like, why did you think you were gonna make any money? The first Blade Runner didn't make any money. Blade Runner is not for everyone. It's not for mass appeal. Like it's very, very specifically film nerds and sci fi nerds. And like, I, I mean, I loved it because I think it's fucking amazing like i saw it in imax and i was like this movie's fucking incredible but i was like why did they think they were gonna make like a shit ton of money off of this but anyway so also yeah since you did say that you know it wasn't necessarily i could i could talk on multiple subjects i want to add something that is pretty recent that feels like one of the 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 key moments of the decade i don't know how much you indulge in this world i think we've discussed this a little bit you're not much of an anime guy but i have to say the anime and i don't know when it started Boku no Hero or My Hero Academia in English is become so popular so quickly. Like, I feel like I started hearing about it like late 2017, 2018. Mm -hmm. And I think that as the 2020s begin, like, the characters from it will be household names like Goku and Speed Racer are to like the standard non anime population. Yeah, it looks like the, the, the manga started in 2014 and the first season of the show came out in 2016. Okay. Yeah. I still haven't given it a shot, man. No disrespect, but I, I know you no, really recommended like com- it. Yeah. A combination of X Men and like just Marvel superhero movies. Yeah. Plus that you know one hundred percent anime feel with, with Japanese humor and stuff like that. But yeah, man, I get down with some anime, especially when I was a kid. But I really haven't like I really was in an anime. Like the early my 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 early teens, you know, middle school ish, and like uh, kind of early high school. But other than that, man, I've really really incorporated new anime. Like I'm still a, well for me. It's yeah. just like it's always my uh, my outlet for violence more so than like MMA, which I don't know if you've seen like yeah. the clip of Alistair Overeem. Like I can't do too much of that. Or like boxing is cool, but it's like it costs money to watch it. Yeah, and like anime, it's like it's over the top. It plays to your emotions, and it always plays out. With a little violence that I very much enjoy. Yeah, some violence in their storytelling that the West t- 
tends to, you know... Yeah, because it's so over-the-top and ridiculously superpowered yeah. that it's so, it couldn't be farther from real. Yeah, and that's why, like, a lot of Western adaptations of popular anime don't really work because like you guys can't do the japanese like they have their own thing you can it does you cannot translate it very well to the west like to put a western spin on it because it just falls apart at the seams like it's not gonna work but yeah man any musical taste any did you have a favorite album of this decade probably um, i don't know if it's my favorite album but definitely the moment of the decade is uses and the tour that surrounded it and the merch around it and like kanye in that time it was it was nuts like, yeah. I, I went to that concert in a snowstorm. <laughs> it was like, when I came out, the streets were flooded. People still, I mean, not flooded, excuse me, frozen. People yeah. still talk about that blizzard, like, to this day. It was, like, legendary in Dallas. And I left my house, made my mom drive me to the American Airlines Center. And Jesus, I still have all those videos in my phone. Like, it's the most incredible thing I've ever seen. And I didn't even like the album that much at the time. But just the hype around it and that is still referenced. And, like, yeah, it was definitely a moment. Yeah. I, I was thinking of album of the year from I'm sorry album of the decade for me and I was like like my beautiful dark twisted fantasy came out in 2010 I was like that seems really early that seems too I, I mean that's just but it's definitely the best of Kanye's albums to me so it's, it's weird that yeah it, it just does, it wasn't the same level of moment like I, I guess once he got the cachet of making that incredible album yeah. he became the level of star that he always wanted and he really cashed it in so. Yeah. Gigantic album like Jesus, yeah. Yeah, I settled on it's probably Random Access Memories by Daft Punk. That's probably my favorite That's album of the decade. Yeah. Yeah. Favorite for sure. Because I played that I lived I bought that C D. <laughs> yeah. I remember listening to it because like I think Human After All came out in two thousand four. Yeah. And they had a live two thousand seven, I think somewhere around there. So like we hadn't had it and that that fucking album is like when I watched the Grammys that year. They were nominated for Album of the Year just to see all the awards they won. And when they won Album of the Year, I was like, fuck yes, the Grammys got this right. This movie, this uh, it's yeah, such a good album. Yeah, I remember album. being in the minority about that. Cause, you know, whenever, like, Beyonce or somebody huge doesn't win, people are just, like, up in arms. Especially when it's, like, white people, honestly. But uh, I was like, no, please, lay down your arms, brother. And, like, <laughs> that is fire as fuck. They really made the Album of the Year. Like, they're incredible. So, yeah, I think, yeah, it's probably Blade Runner 2049. And Random Access Memories, like, my album and my movie. You know what people have been talking about, though? And I know we already did this. We talked about this early in the year. People were talking about TV shows. And maybe, fortunately, maybe unfortunately at this point, Game of Thrones was a heavy, got a lot of heavy mentions in these conversations. Like, people were really, it's kind of sad that, like, it was dominant for pretty much the entire decade and then went out on such a win. killed it in one season. <laughs> it's truly unbelievable. It's truly unbelievable. So do you, do you view it as a waste? Or do you kind of, are you, do you think you'll... As time goes by, you'll be like, you know what? It's not – it wasn't a waste of time. Uh, I kind of view it as a waste. I mean, <laughs> I guess cause I came in – I watched this season one yeah. and two first. Yeah. Then I read all the books and then the show continued. But I still consider myself a book person. Yeah. And I have my chance for a real ending if he doesn't die or whatever the fuck. <laughs> but uh, – like, I, I always was waiting on that story more so. So, like, I watched the show, and the show was a good adaptation of the books for a while, and then it fucking went off the rails, man. I Like, no, I'm so mad at how it ended. It doesn't make sense. Even my, I'm one of the few people who was a brand stan. Like, I was here for him. He was one of my favorite characters. He was much cooler in the book. I don't know how to explain it. I was still disappointed with, like, it doesn't make sense for him to be the king. Like, why would that happen? Like, his whole point was like, no, I, you need a person separate than the king to kind of 
facilitate things because I'm going to have to spend a lot of time operating in different planes of existence. Uh, I'm not going to really be present so much. And it just doesn't make sense. It's a waste of his character and all of his abilities to make him the political leader of a place. I don't understand it. I hate it. <laughs> if anybody listening wants to hear more of Dalvin's thoughts about this about Game of Thrones, especially the last season and the way it ended. We did episode 57 together. You you unloaded on that episode. So anyone who wants to hear his thoughts, like... You, you couldn't even see the, the, the battle with the whole show. You couldn't see it. <laughs> and then told me to fix my TV. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Maybe you didn't have your... I cannot believe these motherfuckers still get work. This is kind of preposterous. I'm kind of glad that they're not going to do a Star Wars film. Like, Me too, fuck. Yeah, go make shit for Netflix. I don't care. Like, leave Star Wars alone. But anyway, so, yeah, man. it's It's been real. It's been a decade of, like, a lot of shit. Let's move on to the last question. I'm curious to see what you say. You know, we got so we got a little more than uh, three weeks left in this year. So do you have any New Year's resolutions for the coming year? And, you know, big picture, do you have any goals or resolutions for this next coming decade? Yeah, New Year's resolutions, not particularly new decade resolutions and it's gonna sound like i'm being funny but i am kind of being serious i'm gonna start doomsday prepping that's what uh not like doomsday doomsday you know what i'm saying i'm gonna build the bunker but i'm I'm about to start hoarding supplies and uh funds for for bad times all right and guns and stuff like yeah no for real ladies and gentlemen let me tell you i've asked this question to several people so far and I, in true Dalvin Ford Jr. fashion, he gives a very unique and distinct answer because no one else has said that shit. All right, I'm, I'm not trying to make you feel weird. I'm just asking, was anybody else black? Uh, no, you are the first. Okay. I do have other two other black people scheduled. I, I don't, no, I'm not. I know you do. I'm not trying to call you out on that. I was just saying that because I feel like we're in a little bit more vulnerable of a place right now. We are looking at... Uh, I'm just feeling like if Trump wins, which is very plausible... Uh, that'll be like a like nah we really fuck with this kind of fascism move yeah. and the, uh, once they start getting rid of the people they don't like I feel like black people's what first and second on people they don't like like uh, now is the time to really cash in on your American uh, rights uh, they're not gonna ever get rid of the Second Amendment you gotta take advantage of that shit <laughs> black people that listen to this podcast I'm serious <laughs> be ready know how to fucking plant beans and shit like it reminds it's going me, down <laughs> it reminds me of a chris rock bit i think it was like somewhere in that in the last decade where they were talking about like they're trying to kick all these you know like the the like we had the it was during the bush years right and like he was like they're trying to get rid of all these illegal immigrants all these mexicans or whatever and he was just like he just pretended like he was watching his clock he's like it's coming it's coming. That train is coming. Work. It's coming to us soon. It's making its way because you know it's on its way. And I was like, damn, that's fucked up. I, I feel like there's another comedian who said this, but it's definitely right. Have you ever met somebody who was like, I fucking hate Muslims, but black people is pretty cool. It's like, no, you usually all, if you one of them, you all love them for the most part. But, but Dalvin, all those... You know, working class, you know, urban, or I'm sorry, rural white people are just suffering from cultural anxiety. Why aren't you thinking about their feelings? I Dalvin? am thinking about them. That's why I'm doing it. Because I, I look, I'm just telling you from personal experience. Uh, I know if I told my parents I was voting for a Republican, they would be probably not just disappointed, but angry. I, I don't know. I'm not saying like disown angry, but it would be extremely concerned about 
my mental well-being. Yeah. If I and my parents are not very political, if uh, or you know they go to church, but they're not particularly religious. I can't imagine what it's like for somebody who has parents who are religious or yeah. are political and really feel the opposite way. It's hard for you to just wake up one day and be like, "Nah, I'm not fucking with that," and I'm just telling you to your face. I know these people is not going to do that, even if they feel like it's wrong, because they probably don't. Yeah. And that just means that things are only going to get worse. People's views are only going to calcify. So we got to be ready because they ain't going to ever change their mind. There's not going to be a second Obama that makes black people seem cool again or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Like, not to be overly dark. Yeah, I don't have too much faith in the uh, the middle class of, of white people to put their life on the line when people of color, of various colors, start getting, like, killed for real you know, I don't want to sound condescending or dismissive here. I, I mean this with all the affection in the world. We've known each other for a while now. I know you're being serious, but I'm very fascinated by the way your mind works. So I'll say this, Dalvin. You know, in this coming decade especially, never change, man. Never change. Look, I'm just, you got to be ready. <laughs> if, I don't know. I just, yeah, I don't know. You got to be ready. Stay be a lame way to die. <laughs> I at least want to be like a warlord owned a little <laughs> section in new white america fucking fucking mad max is gonna look like a documentary <laughs> mad max is going to look like a documentary <laughs> that's another Did you film watch the big short oh i have watched the big short yeah what's the what did they say at the end anybody who knows what it says at the end is probably nodding as they're listening to it it's like uh his next prediction this is for shortage is water that shit is definitely gonna happen because we're rolling back all of our environmental protections anyway. It's not like the quality of water is getting better. It's going to get worse. And it's going to get hotter. Yeah, shit, shit is about to get real bad, though. Well, just a reminder, audience. If you're not laughing, I'm sorry. This is technically... Technically, they asked me to file this under a comedy podcast, but... Uh, I am... Like, I think you can laugh at it. Like, <laughs> it's, it's vaguely funny in a dark sort of way. Yeah. But I kind of do. On that happy note... <laughs> hey... Hopefully, hopefully. I think that's going to do it for us tonight, guys. Thank you, Dalvin, for doing this. Thank you for taking time out of your evening. I don't know if you'll be on part one or part two. Okay. I'm really, I'm in great spirits, guys. I feel well. (laughs) (laughs) This is fun. Give my best to everybody. This will be going out after the holidays, so I really hope. Same to you, man. Happy holidays. Happy holidays to you and yours, man. And uh, I'll catch you whenever we'll just see each other i I might be in austin sooner than that i was just there uh, i have a birthday coming up it's a big 3-0 in january um so if you're if you're willing to come down man i'd love to have you i might have some friends absolutely all right bet there you go you just you just i'm looking forward to it now it's now it's a party if dalvin's gonna be there now it's a party all right man i'll catch you later peace all right bye all right let's do this all right guys we're back i am joined by one of our most frequent guests, my brother from another mother. I love this man with my whole heart, Justin Hartwell. How are you doing tonight, man? Doing good, dude. Doing good. It's been a while since I've been on here. Uh, when were you on last? That's a great fucking question. I don't remember off the top, but you're on here a lot. Like you, you are a mainstay. Uh, when was the last time we had you on? We I realized I realized while I was doing this, we haven't done a superhero episode. Oh, we haven't. Uh, yeah, I think the last time we did that, we covered. We did it. We did the end game in Game of Thrones episode earlier in the year. I feel like we did another episode. I can't remember off the top of my head, but we did that. I think that's the first time you've been on since since then. Damn. But again, you've been on so many times that it's like, well, you know, 
you're on enough, all right? Chill out, all right? But uh, Space it out a little bit. Yeah, you're, you're a precious commodity. We don't want to spread you too thin. But, uh, but yeah, man, it's the end of this decade, and I brought you on to talk about it. Are you ready? I'm as ready as I can be, dude. There's a lot looking back. Yeah, all right. Let's start where I've started with everyone else. What has this decade meant for you personally, reflecting back, like, the story of in the story of Justin Hartwell, what will this decade say? Honestly, this past decade has just been I mean, obviously a lot of growth. Yeah. As an individual, because this went from my, the end of college all the way through to getting like this actual full time job here. Mm-hmm. Uh so it's just been a lot of growth. A real steep learning curve that I put on myself in a lot of situations because mm-hmm. I was just too stubborn to realize it sooner. Mm-hmm. But it's just been just a lot of eye-opening experiences and just a lot of, hey, you're going to have to grow or else you're going to be left behind kind of situations. That's fair. Do you, uh, any specific thing, anything you want to highlight? Any, I mean, I don't want you, this ain't a fucking therapy session, my brother, but you know, like, uh, anything you want to highlight? Anything you want to share with the class? Like, anything you want to, uh, I asked another one of my guests, uh, maybe this will spur something. Um, I was like, what would, so 29 year old Justin, end of this decade, Justin, what would he go back and tell, you know, 2010 Justin like what what would you tell that guy like what what would you say anything would you tell him to avoid some stuff would you tell him what would you say if I had to go back to 2010 Justin to tell him something that he would actually listen to yeah I was about to say what would he what would he listen to first off let's talk about that (laughs) that's the that's the kicker something that I would actually listen to um I would, I would honestly, it would just be more along the lines of just hold yourself to a higher standard, I guess, as it were. Like, just personally, like, be better with your finances. Don't get too comfortable with, you know, this job or that job and strive for, you know, something better sooner. You know, jump down these free classes or whatever else mm-hmm. and really start pushing, you know, stay outside of your comfort box. Yeah. On your life lesson kind of things of finance and job and work. And yeah. that's pretty and I mean, a couple of things I would I would totally do again, other things I wouldn't obviously, but that's for everyone. Yeah, obviously, yeah. But I mean, those are honestly it. That and invest in Bitcoin. <laughs> yeah, and I think it's fair to say that uh I I'll speak for myself, but I think I can I can speak for you safely as well, knowing you as well as I do. I think we're, you know, we had our rough spots. We had our rough spots this past decade, but we we got through it. And, you know, I know I, I can say confidently that I would not have made it through several stressful, low moments in my life, This especially this past decade without you. Because, man, bro, we've... Who, bro? We we both been through some shit, dude. Like this year, I I think back, I'm like, fuck, dude. This, oh god, so much shit, dude. So much shit happened. Well, that's why when you ask me, like, hey, just as a heads up, I'm gonna ask you these questions. You know, just take some time to think about it. So, so yeah. I sat there in my free time, just you know what? Let's go through the years and figure out everything that's happened. It's like a highlight, just so I know what to touch on it. Yeah. Oh man, there's a lot. Ladies and gentlemen, Justin sent me, he, he took a photo of his list and I was like, oh fuck, that is a lot of shit. 
you never realize how much it is until you put it on paper in front of you and realize, oh no, we need a full episode on all this. <laughs> yeah, man. And we are going to be brief because it's going to be a bunch of different guests on two part, two episodes, right. two part episodes. But I'll tell you this, man. I had a rec. I had a little bit of, uh, you know, I don't. I wouldn't call it nostalgia, but I had a moment when I was back in Louisiana over Thanksgiving. I was. I, I had. To, I had an afternoon to kill, and I was tired of being a lazy ass. So I was like, let me go. You know, go on campus. I haven't been on campus in like five years, so let me go check this out. And honestly. I had a hard time. First off, everybody looked 12. Like, all the students looked 12. Right. It was really weird, man. Like, being on campus, obviously, I know my way around. I'm still familiar with the territory. Uh, although some things have changed a little. They've added some things. They've improved some things. But I, I got to be honest with you, man. Like, 2010, 2011, 2012, I was in school at, at LSU. And I had a hard time reconnecting with that guy. Like, I had a hard time, like... Because it's like – it's so weird how priorities change, man. Like at the beginning of this decade, all I cared about was getting a degree and just passing and always moving on to the next semester. And honestly, I think that – I don't know if you experienced this, but I can tell you like 2013 was like one of the worst years of my life because graduated college and I I was aimless. I had nothing. I didn't really know really what to do. And and now looking back, I'm like – I still don't really know what I want to do, but like also like, <laughs> but yeah, man, it's just like, it's really hard to connect to that, that kid. Cause I'll call him a kid. It's, it's wild, dude. It's, it's so wild and so weird to think about like how priorities just fucking change. Like you're just like, now I'm thinking about 401ks and housing prices, dude. <laughs> exactly. I like, I'm finally in that. I'm finally, finally. At a point to where I can, I'm starting to look at my own, like, single-bedroom apartments. Yeah. For the first time in my entire life. Yeah. I mean, it's been a long road. I mean... If your old self doesn't make you cringe in some way, shape, or form, then you yeah. haven't really grown. Yeah, that's the honest-to-God truth, man. And it's... <laughs> it's so wild, man. Like... I, I mean, I, 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 I don't want to bore our audience here, like, us just chewing the fat here, but, like, it's... There, there have been so many fun times too, like, uh, and, 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 you know, like, we, we, I've, I've gone to visit you, what, three times up there? And, you know, it's, and we've hung out in New Orleans a few times, but it's like, I don't feel like we've, we're still as close as ever. Like, it's really weird when I describe you to, like, our, our friendship, our brotherhood to, uh, to other people, like, I'm like, oh, I've only hung out with Justin, like, in person, as, like, you know, like, in person, like, maybe a dozen times in my life, and, like, but we're as close as ever, like, there's, like, it's really weird, like, we were the pioneers, we were pioneers on that digital relationship, like, we kept in touch with phones, text message, Facebook, like, AIM, and all that shit, it's, it's wild to think how, you know, how long we've been friends. <laughs> now that you mention it, we probably have hung out. Maybe twelve times or less. Yeah, something around there. Like and that blows my mind. But yeah, man, we made it work. <laughs> well, it just it feels again, you know, not to bore the audience or anything, but we've been such good friends. It just it's always felt that natural. Just yeah, that's my boy. Like, yeah, it just it's just it. We don't need you know to see each other on a regular basis to keep that yeah. renewed. 
yeah, if that, if that makes sense. Yeah, we don't trip on we don't trip on like you know if we get to see each other that's cool. But when we do get to see each other, it's awesome. But we we're always just a text message and a phone call away. And exactly. at any time, at, and I mean this, people listening, especially on my end. Well, bother. I guess my end bothering Justin. We are free for each other at any hour of the night. <laughs> Dude, there has been many a late many, night, early many. morning oh, call text, dude. Random, it's out of nowhere. <laughs> oh, but that's that's why it's love, man. That's why it's love. What a change for the world, man. Yeah, I know. I wouldn't change it either, man. Let's move on to the second question. Are you ready? Because I know you had a lot. And I'm really curious to see what you settled on. Now, I, I, I stressed that we were going to probably choose one, but we're doing kind of all right with time. So if you want to hop around a little bit, not dwell on one too much, or you want to hop around like two or three, if it makes it easier on you, man. So please go ahead with what what is your what is a favorite film, TV show, book, game, album from this past decade you'd like to you'd like to discuss? You know, a favorite or a couple of favorites or a few favorites. So I'll rapid fire a couple favorites because there's just too many to just settle on one. Okay. Uh, as far as movies go, the Wick trilogy, uh, of course, all of the Marvel films, including Endgame and Civil War. Marvel films, yeah, definitely. I mean, it, it was the it was a decade of Marvel. Dude, it was. It yeah, that's what I was arguing with another guest. I was like, it's kind of hard to talk about films in this decade without talking about Marvel because. They own this decade. Like, not, I don't even think Star Wars can say they own this decade. Like, Marvel owned this decade. No, because, again, it started with Captain Thor. Yeah. And then all the way through. So you can't really debate that. Yeah. Um, as far as games. Yeah. You had Skyrim. Yeah. You had the, the end of the original trilogy of God of War and the resurgence of it last year. Okay. And then Five Nights at Freddy's, which is easily one of the best horror game franchises ever. Mm -hmm. And it was such a bonding game for myself, Jess, and Corey, which are my roommates I've known for the past, what, five-ish years now? Six, seven years now? Shout out to Corey and Jess. Really great people. Let me crash at their place. Well, Justin, it's y'all's place, but I was still... They were very hospitable to me when I was down there earlier this year. They're great people. Um, So, I mean, that was just like a huge bonding factor for myself and them and a bunch of other friends. Yeah. And it's just... If you want a good horror game series, Five Nights at Freddy's. There's now like six or seven of them out there. Each one is different. They're phenomenal. Okay. TV shows, uh, Game of Thrones. Because I didn't get into Game of Thrones until 2015. Okay. So I was, you know, three, four episodes or seasons late to the game, but it just, I go head first into it. Okay. And there wasn't really much else TV. Uh, show wise that I got into a couple different animes and mm. dove back into Dragon Ball Super but that was pretty much it yeah we had the Marvel TV shows on Netflix but the way those ended that it's kind of feels like a wasted opportunity the fact that like 
like that that first season of Daredevil, like the first the first two seasons of Daredevil and the first season of Jessica Jones were incredible. But but yeah, man, they kind of went out on a whimper. I still haven't watched season three of Jessica Jones. I guess I'll get around to it eventually. But like, I mean, that had so much promise, and then it just it just got went to hell. But yeah, man, what else do you have? Like, yeah, TV TV was tough for me. I didn't really have one. Like Game of Thrones, yeah, but that also kind of put it ended on a sour note. That I'm like, was that that great? But uh, but yeah, man, what else do you got? I mean, for Game of Thrones, it was more of like a almost like Five Nights at Freddy's. It was a bonding thing. Yeah. For me and you and Cole and Jamie and mm-hmm. Rachel and uh, Corey and like all of these people like just come together and talk about. Mm-hmm. So I love that aspect of it. But I think that this is very, very um, specific. It's a very small niche, but it means a lot to me was the release of the Chariot, their album One Way. Okay. It was in 2012. The bygone era of 2012. Right. And it was... It's a metal band that has since disbanded. This this album, if anyone loves metal, like hardcore, like metal, metal, screaming, whatever, whatever, you have to listen to this album because they just get weird in the best ways possible. Yeah. Like, there's one song where it has... Uh, the dictator speech mm-hmm. from uh, Charlie Chaplin. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. There's one where uh, at the very end of it, they ended uh, with a spaghetti western style music. Uh, there's one of the lead singer just screaming the lyrics over a single piano, mm-hmm. and it's just like this weird culmination. Of styles and variations that just blend together so well for what this band is. And the lyrics are so powerful. And it's brought Cole, Logan, Nick, myself, almost like almost closer together just over this one band. And it's such a almost cult-like following. Yeah. Where I can see a guy across a parking lot wearing a chariot shirt. Mm Mm-hmm. And I can walk over to him and say, I love the chariot. And we would hug, talk it out, talk about how much we miss them, and then go our separate ways. Yeah. And I would have no idea who that guy is. Dope. So that was One Wing by the Chariot. One Wing by the Chariot. Nice. And then... I hate to, I hate to break it to you, but I'll probably never listen to it because I've listened to the metal music you're referring to. Not my cup of tea. But uh, but and, please continue. <laughs> no, it's it's not for everyone, and I totally understand that. Because yeah. we we've tried to get people into it who you know they just don't like that style. Yeah, understandable. You're not hurting my feelings. I get it. But it was through the chariot that I learned about listener, which does almost like spoken word style music. Yeah, and it's what brought you know my friends who listen to it closer together. And I was able to go and see them on their farewell tour, which was a damn near religious experience. Mm. Uh, we were at the first ever warp tour I ever went to. And that's when I went with Audrey and everyone back in, what, 2013? Jesus. That was 2013? Fuck. I think so. Yeah, 2013. 
So just this band has so many different connections throughout this decade. Yeah. And it's helped me get through a lot of different situations just by blasting that music, listening to it, and pushing forward. So out of everything, I think the Chariot has that one special place as far as like media-wise. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. I was like, I know you had a, a tough time settling on one thing, but it sounds like this album was probably like – I don't want to say it defined your, uh, your decade, but it was probably the most – uh, personal and most significant highlight of the decade, it sounds like. As far as media is concerned, yeah. Right. And it's, it was just, again, if you love metal music, check it out. If you don't, totally fine. If you are going to listen to one, at least do, I believe it's Speak. Check me if I'm wrong, but it's just the vocalist and the piano. And it's somber mm-hmm. but and deep and it's just if you listen to the lyrics it just blows your mind it just blows you away that's interesting i really hope everyone listening gives it a, a stab and tells me about it because i'm not i'm, I'm not I'm, I'm, I'm not gonna do that but i still love you and i still appreciate you and all your music tastes because you have an eclectic weird arrangement of music tastes just like me you know i, I have i have probably one for each of the options I listed in the question. Uh, I really don't know if I can pick one, but as far as like just talking about music real quick, I think my favorite album of the decade. So oh, that's tough. I want to say Random Access Memories by Daft Punk, maybe? Church's debut album was really good. Um, and uh, Nathan Ratliff in the Night Sweats, their debut album was a banger and that came out in i think uh that came out in 2015 i highly recommend that album it's a good southern rock uh bluesy rock kind of album and uh yeah so like random access memory churches their debut album uh nathan ratliff and you know i gotta give some love to kanye and drake they both had solid albums this decade like my beautiful dark twisted fantasy came out in 2010 which is probably my favorite one of my probably my favorite rap album of all time and, you know, Life of Pablo was really good. Kanye's next few albums weren't as good. But, you know, Drake had Take Care, Views, they had, and Nothing Was the Same. Those are also really good albums. So, yeah, that's those are kind of my music taste for the decade. It was a very good decade for music, at least for me. So, I mean, it was a fantastic decade for music all around, if we're being totally honest about it. Yeah, definitely. Um, didn't, didn't Jay-Z drop a banger album, too? The Jay-Z albums that came out this year, this decade, I think Holy Grail, or Magna Carta Holy Grail, we had 444, I think Blueprint 3 came out in 09, but I do have to give a special highlight to Watch the Throne, which was Jay-Z and Kanye's joint album, which was right. pretty fucking awesome. That was probably, that was another great album, but I don't think about it too much. I don't know why, but that was also a really good album. I felt like you and I had a discussion about Jay-Z dropping an album and it being just off the wall. I think I think four forty four I think I think four forty four was better than Watch the Throne because that was a more personal album. But anyway, uh let's move on to the last question. Um it's kind of an open ended question. Uh you know, I'm not gonna nail you to the ground on any of this, but you know, it's all fun. So do you have any New Year's resolutions for, you know, the coming year 2020 or, in a larger sense, any resolutions for the coming decade? So, as mentioned before, definitely getting my own place. Okay. 
because that has been the forefront of my mind for the past couple years, and I'm now in a place where I can sustainably and financially have that happen. Yeah. I'm telling you, dude, you'll never want to go back. You'll never, ever go back after you live alone. It's amazing. And I was talking with other people, like, why are you so hell-bent on this? Because every single point in my life, wherever I have lived, I have always had roommates in some way, shape, or form. Yeah. Whether it's family, bunkmates, teammates, friends, I have never had a full, like, front door, everything to myself. It's always been shared with other people living inside. Yeah. And just for me to finally have that is just going to be incredible. Yeah. Just so, just so that way I can come home and not have anyone there and I don't have to worry about it. It'll probably be getting my own place and then towards the end of the decade, getting my own house. Yeah. And then just, you know, continuing to better myself yeah. and move up the chain as it were in your lifestyle. Yeah. And my lifestyle and my job and make sure, you know, I'm constantly pushing to, you know, be at that point where my bills are paid. And I don't have to like second guess, you know, getting this game or this pair of shoes or whatever else, you know, uh, I'll, I'll tell you what, I, you know what I, I'll say, I'll interject slightly. You know what I'm looking forward to for you this coming decade, my brother? What's that? I can't wait because I know it's going to happen in the next 10 years. I would bet my bottom dollar on it uh, that you're going to get married this coming decade. And honestly, I'm really looking forward to it because I was in my brother's wedding. I'm going to be in Steven's wedding as the best man. I was best man in my brother's. I'll be best man in Steven's. Uh, my buddy Ben is – when he gets married, I'll – I assume I'll be best man. But if I don't get it, that's cool too. I understand. But I'll probably be best man in that wedding. And I know I won't be best man in your wedding. But your wedding, I still plan to be – I still expect to be in the in the groomsmen. So I just want to get these out of the way. Like I'm like – I don't actually <laughs> like being in weddings. But I'm honored to be in these weddings that I expect to be in. So – but I'm just looking forward to yours because I know how big – how important family is to you and how – how great a dad and husband you're going to be. So I'm really looking forward to that for you, my brother. It's definitely something that I'm looking forward to as well, but yeah, because I'm so focused on getting my other things taken care of. Yeah. It hasn't crossed my mind. But now that you mentioned it, it's like, you know, I probably should get on that at some point. <laughs> <laughs> Look, man, if we're still talking to each other, like, we will be, but like when if we're talking to each other down the line and fucking on December sixth, twenty twenty nine, and you're not married, look, man, I'll fucking I'll buy you a drink or some shit because that that is I will be shocked. I will be absolutely <laughs> shocked if that's if you're not hell. You might be married and divorced by then. I'm not wishing it, but who the fuck knows? That ten years is a long fucking time, man. Dude, uh, <laughs> the level of stubbornness that comes out of this body it would not surprise me one way or the other. Yeah, but but yeah, man, I think that's gonna do it for us tonight, man. Thank you for doing this as always. I know you're always down. I mean, you were you were the first person to ever be on the podcast. So, uh, yeah, do you have anything left to say? Anything? Any closing remarks? Just looking forward to another decade with you, my dude. Yeah. Just always happy to be here. Always happy to talk about whatever the people want to hear about. And yeah, that's pretty much it, dude. Love you. Miss you. Everyone who's listening, thank y'all for tuning into my boys' podcast, and uh, let's help it grow a little bit. Onwards and upwards, my brother.
All right, man. You have a great night. I will talk to you later. And obviously, everybody listening, have a happy holiday because this will be going out probably January 1st. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Happy Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, holidays. Festivus. Celebrate. (laughs) Festivus. Whatever it is, do you celebrate it with who you want to celebrate it with and just make the most of it. All right, man. You have a great night. Hey, you too, brother. All right, bye. Hey everyone, that's going to do it for part one, and as always, thank you for listening. Please stay tuned for part two, again, that will be dropping this Friday in a couple of days. As promised, I will answer one of the questions I pose to each of my guests, and let's start with the first one. Just as a refresher, the question is, reflecting back, what has this decade meant for you personally? And I could go off for a while giving an answer to this question. So many things have happened to me this past decade. I had two surgeries. Not only did I graduate college, I lived in Baton Rouge for a few years, and then I moved to Austin, Texas, and I couldn't be happier there. I also stopped drinking. This February 2020 will be two years sober, and I'm very proud of that. I've made new friends, while other friendships have only grown stronger. I have two nieces, little Claire, my brother's daughter and emmy uh ben and morgan's daughter i love them both very much and i'm very happy to have them in my life it hasn't been perfect i've fucked up a lot and but i think everyone can say that but i've tried to learn from my mistakes and i think i'm better for them some of them i wish i wouldn't have done but you know that's life man and that's really that's really the lesson that i've learned throughout this entire decade is you know what that's just life man you do the best you can and you know you just get up the next day and hope to do better but i think most importantly um what i'm most proud of this decade is uh this podcast i created it in 2016 it is my passion project it's my silly little little hobby i've had so much fun doing it even when it's been stressful even when it's you know been a time-consuming soul-crushing endeavor but I couldn't be happier doing it, and I love it, and I'm just happy that it exists. I'm happy for anyone and everyone that listens to it, and I'm so lucky to have friends and family that are so supportive and willing to, you know, in, in <laughs> enable this little hobby of mine. So, yeah, I love this pod, and life is good right now, and, you know, it may not always be this good, but, you know, it could always get better. That's also the truth. So that's going to do it for part one. Thank you for listening to this little rambling that I tacked on to this this first part. Um, again, stay tuned for part two. Y'all take care. Bye.